Did you know Colorado is home to the tallest sand dunes in North America? The Star Dune is over 700 feet tall and can be found at the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Preserve just outside of Alamosa, Colorado. And it's a really cool place. It's really wild to think that these giant sand dunes and this sort of landscape exists in the mountains. It's really cool, so check it out. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. Today, we're talking about hiking in Colorado. We're going to be sharing some of our favorite areas to hike in, how to discover new trails, and what you need to know to prepare for an outdoor adventure. And we're really excited because today we have an extra special episode because we're interviewing one of our friends and Colorado natives. We're really excited to be joined by Michelle Jackson. She's the creator of the website and podcast Square State, where she shares the good and some of the bad about life living in Colorado. She's also a personal friend of ours and someone who knows the state of Colorado very well. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, Go ahead and take a minute to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about what you do. So, hi everyone, my name is Michelle Jackson. I uh, dabble in a couple different projects, but for Hashtag Colorado, um, I would love to share that I um, love to share all things about Colorado as well, but from a different perspective, Carrie and Ryan live in a different part of the state than I do, and so it's a lot of fun to kind of geek out about all the things, and there's so many things to share. Um, I love to show that uh, uh, that people of color live in the color uh, in the state of Colorado, um, mm-hmm. in the Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the reason why I share it is when I travel, when people ask me where I'm from, there's always a pause. And they're always kind of caught off guard that I'm actually from Colorado and that I'm black and that I'm not scarred by the situation um, and that I love where I live. So it's a lot of fun to kind of share what my life is like, what I do, what I um, enjoy, things that are um, interesting or fun from that perspective. And also, I just love to share businesses and people and entrepreneurs and all the cool things that are coming out of our um, state. I run a site called Square State. So out of this square state um, that we live in and love, and um, I'm particularly excited about sharing how I enjoy nature and, um, and especially because so few people of color are going to national parks and things like that. And I think a lot of people live in very urban environments and, and, and just sharing how um, mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to, to enjoy not only living in Denver, but enjoying going camping, hiking, skiing, uh, you know, uh, snowboarding in my case, um, uh, and just enjoying the outdoors and how I do that, how, how I keep it inexpensive. And, you know, we'll get into that. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to say that's one of the ways that we connected initially, we've known each other for several years, um, is through the entrepreneurship world, you know, and so I'm really excited to hear more of your thoughts and everything. Like you said, you live in Denver, we live in Colorado Springs, so we have different perspectives and you you have been doing this a lot longer than we have. Um, you know, you and Ryan are from 
Colorado, and I'm like the newbie here. So yeah, yeah. unicorn. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So Michelle. Tell us, uh, tell us about growing up in Colorado with all the access to nature. Like, what were some of the things that you loved to do here as a kid? So it's kind of funny. I, I live in Denver now, but I grew up in Boulder. And growing up in Boulder at the time that I did, and actually even now, quite honestly, um, it was a pretty magical childhood. I, I can't even pretend that it wasn't. And, and in retrospect, reflecting on it as an adult, I was like, Wow. Um, so I used to play in the creek. <laughs> oh yeah. So like kids would like go outside for hours. This was when you could let your kids do this and play for hours out in nature. And then the parents would be like, Hey, you know, come back in. Um, and so I would spend hours just playing in the creek, uh, at the back of that, of the complex that I lived in. My mom was a university student, a non-traditional student because she wasn't like 21. She was young, but she wasn't 21. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we were in student housing. It's still there to this day. So it's hilarious when I'm, um, in Boulder and I pass by it. I'm like, Oh my God, that's where I went to sixth grade. That's where I went to second grade, you know? Um, and I also belong to different programs. So I was in, the uh, YMCA, which is like posh YMCA, it's still, it was posh then, it's like posh now. And so when I was little, it, it totally, what well, it totally is. Like, uh -huh. I can't even pretend that it isn't. Um, so when I was little, we would go with the YMCA to Netherland and go horseback riding. Uh, that was one of the things we would do. Or um, my mom had me in different programs. So I went to Camp Chief Ure for eight weeks sleepaway camp like in the movies. Um, I did Outward Bound, which was incredible. Like to this day, that's like one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I was 13. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Outward Bound, basically they, uh, it, you go into the wild <laughs> in small groups of people, depending on the age. So I was with the teenage crew. There were about five kids and, and two or three, no, maybe six kids and two or three counselors. And what they did was they had us do a dry run. So we would go, we went up for a week to make sure that we, we could, that we could handle it, returned for a week and then went back out into the mountains for um, about three and a half weeks and just hiked wow. and survived in the, yeah, it was so cool, hiked and survived in the wild. And it, it was good for me and good for my mom because my mom could have a break. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And then um, I just got to explore uh, the mountains and enjoy having that quintessential Colorado experience. And I know that that is a very unique experience that a lot of a lot of kids don't get to enjoy, maybe because their parents don't have access to the mountains. It's difficult to get to the mountains if you don't have a car. Um, and so there's certain things that I got to enjoy basically because I was in different programs and things like that. My mom was busy, so she couldn't necessarily take me all the time to do that. And so a lot of people will be surprised to find that there are a lot of people who don't learn to ski, for example, or snowboard until they're adults um, because, you know, people are busy and it's expensive. They don't have time to do that. I was lucky because um, my mom was very conscientious about putting me in these programs and these programs um, by default took the children to, to the mountains and so on and so forth. And, and also I lived, you know, by nature. So I got to play in it a lot. That does sound pretty magical. I will say. I mean, I almost had the same thing. I didn't do the whole disappear for three weeks like you did, but <laughs> I was part no, of the YMCA. Down? 
No, none of that. But I was in the YMCA too, so I'd go to the sleepaway camps and all that stuff too. So, Did you go to Camp Fury or no? Oh God, I no, it wasn't that one. I don't remember. It was so good. <laughs> it was one here closer to Colorado Springs, but I I'll have to look it up and. But I have I. It was something fun, and it was very similar. But it's just funny that you did the same thing in a different area as me. <laughs> it's a cliche. We're so cliche. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, that's that's the great thing about you know living here and being here. So you guys have these wonderful experiences, and I had to drive for two or three hours to go to Arkansas to find them, or yeah. you know in in the backwoods somewhere like that. And so. I didn't grow up hiking. I grew up camping, thankfully, but it was a drive. It was like you got all of your stuff, you got your kayak, you schlepped everything, you know, to this location, and then you stayed there for a week or two or whatever. And it was definitely not mountainous like you guys got to experience. Well, you you would experience something that us Coloradans never experience, camping on a river. That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So I'm interested in knowing like how all of this, you know, when you were as a kid and all the nature and everything, how's it influenced you as an adult? And then being able to be still around all this nature as an adult too. Well, I think one of the things that I notice in my adult life is that I'm not balanced if I don't spend time in nature. And I don't mean like an hour, like significant amounts of time in nature. So it's very difficult for me to say, for example, just stay in Denver and never go to the mountains for like three months in a row. Like that just cannot happen. I, I, I need time hiking, um, in the mountains or I'll spend like a week in Breckenridge or, um, and no, I'm not spending like crazy Breckenridge money people. When you hear that, like I'm saying, staying at a really posh hostel, but, um, I, I have to spend significant amounts of time in nature and I'm finding that I'm seeking out that kind of um, that kind of time more and more. Like I'm enjoying it even, like more and more because I understand how special it is to be able to basically be offline. Like a lot of times I'll be in the backwoods, if you will, and there, there's no internet service, so there's no phone connectivity um, just because of where you're at. I love just being able to explore and see something new, and you can be on the same hike. And it's going to be different depending on the time of year. This year is going to be interesting because of all the snow that we've had this, you know, in the winter season, mm-hmm. um, all the avalanches, actually, there's, there's oh, yeah. snow happening, you know, at the time of this recording there, it's going to, you know, snow 15 to 20 inches in the mountains today. And it's going to be an incredible like wildflower season. Um, and, there's so much to explore that I, I just enjoy the opportunity to just explore and um, get lost out there and not get eaten by a mountain lion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or or mosquitoes, for that matter. Or, well, there's yeah. none of those there. But. <laughs> or bear cubs or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I try to avoid all that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I have to be in nature. It, it, keeps, me, it keeps me chill. I love that you... Are, still have this appreciation for it, even though you've grown up here your whole life, because it's really easy to get into the city and just get into the daily grind and do all that and kind of get lost, or to even forget like all the awesome things that there are to do here. And I mean, I didn't grow up here, so I'm still mesmerized by it. But I love that you're still mesmerized by it too, and you've been here, you know, your whole life, many years. So it's awesome. I'm similar well, to the way you are, Michelle. Where I'm like, I live by the thing that uh. 
nature, it's cheaper than therapy. When you get yes. out, you're just like, when you get out, you just, you're able to just feel better. You're able to like find yourself. It's, it's great. So I totally understand. And it's also funny when you were talking about as you get older, you appreciate being outdoors more. I swear, like, I'll watch those shows on, like, the Discovery Channel where they're like, these mountain men have been living outdoors for the past 30 years. They've been to town. And I'm like, God, that kind of sounds appealing. I know. Like, I've gotten kind of into the, like, tiny home movement and the idea of just losing my way um, out there in nature for a while. It's very appealing. I'm totally fine with it. That'd be Mm -hmm. great. It would be awesome. Okay, so let's talk about some of your favorite hiking areas, sort of like general locations, what you really like uh, in Colorado most. So for those of you listening, I actually told Ryan and Carrie I would not divulge the actual names of any hikes that I do. (laughs) It's, It's basically like Fight Club. What happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. Like you have to earn your way to mm-hmm. this knowledge okay um but what i i will say is i love hiking in chautauqua uh in boulder and i i love it for a couple reasons i think for people who don't have uh, a car it's super accessible you can take the bus from union station in denver you can get off on broadway and baseline and walk your way over to chautauqua park or you can get off at the um university stop and walk over to chautauqua And you can explore back there for hours and hours and hours. There are definitely paths, which I will not share the names of, that have very few people hiking on them besides locals, where we know what paths they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then there are the ones where you see a lot of tourists because they're they're a lot more easily accessible, Um, just in terms of seeing where the hikes start and how to finish them and that kind of thing. So I absolutely love hiking in Chautauqua. Um, Rocky Mountain National Park, I can never get enough of. Oh, Again, yeah. with uh, with hiking there, it's, tr- it's tricky because you can't do it all year long necessarily, depending on the hikes you want to do. Um, but I love that there's so much nature up there in terms of wildlife that you can see no you should not be engaging with the wildlife it sucks that i have to even have to say this little (laughs) disclaimer or that you should not be taking pictures near them because they will kill you or charge you and you know what that's okay because you're in their space um but i love hiking up there and um you know honestly like i like hiking wherever i go like it's just so beautiful uh but those those two areas in particular, I tend to return to again and again just because of where I'm at. This summer, I'm looking at um, doing a lot more hikes down south um, and spending time in the Grand Junction, Fruta area, Salida, and doing the hikes that are down there. So I haven't had as much opportunity to explore those. And that's kind of what I'm looking at. And doing some rafting at the same time because we're going to have such a great rafting season this year that um, I'm looking to combine the, the two activities in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. 
So one thing that Ryan mentioned uh, before we got on this call to record was that the great thing about Colorado is you can pretty much stop anywhere. You can be on any kind of road. You see a little spot or you can pull off on a little side trail or whatever, and you can just go hiking. I mean, depends on how advanced you are or not. And, and you know, you obviously want to keep safety in mind, but there are just so many trails, whether they're maybe even named or unnamed, that you can just go anytime. Um, obviously not trespassing on other people's property or, you know, like going across into dangerous boundaries but um for the most part it's just it's just all a free-for-all yeah you can do that and that's where a lot of the places that i love hiking is you're driving up a small highway like don't pull off on i-25 and get out and go for a walk (laughs) (laughs) but you can be going like up into the mountains and kind of a windy trail and there'll be just pull-offs and you'll see people coming down the mountains or walking up them it's it's fun, and that's one of my favorite things to do is I love to explore. And it's also funny, you stole two of the places that we had on our list. Well, you didn't <laughs> steal it, but Rocky Mountain National Park, it's one of our favorite places to hike as well, and Chautauqua. Well, I love going through Estes Park to get to Rocky Mountain, and um, I also love that when you go through Estes Park, um, you get to see a lot of elk, typically. And I think for people who aren't used to seeing elk, it's like, so incredible. Um, when I go to Vail or Aspen, it's a lot like when you're on I-70 going through the mountains, it's a lot of fun just seeing, um, the Elkhorn, like the Elkhorn sheep. That's their name, right? That's their, yeah, that's totally their name. Bighorn, Bighorn sheep. Um, so like the last time I was up in the mountains a couple weeks ago, there were sheep everywhere and deer and we were just like please don't hop in front of the car because that would be really bad um because i was up up in the mountains for a week and it was just so magical just going through the mountains to get to where we were going mm-hmm. um a lot of hikes in Vail actually are quite nice even though sorry Vail, but you know i prefer breckenridge <laughs> We do too. Yep, same. <laughs> I, I totally prefer Breckenridge to Vail. But in terms of hiking, they've got some incredible hikes. I think my only word of caution is last time I hiked, uh, there was one trail in particular, which I can't remember the name of. Um, some of the the restroom areas were just horrendous. So you may want to take care of all that before you get on the trail. Like horrendous to the point where if you've ever watched train spotting, it could give it a run for, you know, the worst bathroom in Scotland. Oh, Basically, if you see, yeah, just shocking. So <laughs> typically that's not the case, but um, every once in a while that does happen. So FYI, bring your own to- toilet paper, leave no trace. Like there's this whole thing about how to hike responsibly. And uh, I, I do notice, though, that there are a lot of people who visit from out out of state and they really don't understand what it means to hike here and they're not aware of their body and what their body should and shouldn't be doing at an altitude uh, like the ones that they are at. So that's something to think about before you set off on a hike when you arrive to Colorado. Like you should not arrive on a Monday and go on a hike Tuesday. Like that's a bad idea. And you guys talked about altitude sickness uh, in the previous episode. So, you know, there you go. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people kind of just imagine that they can just arrive and do all this activity and they don't take altitude into um, account and they really, they really need to, it's, it's so important. So. Yeah. You make an excellent point. That's a really good tip to uh, 
give yourself uh, some time before you just get off the plane and start really going at it with all the activity, physical activity specifically. So some of our favorite places that we love to go, and these are good places for you, Michelle, if you ever make it down here, or if you haven't been I here. I will. What is, are you talking about? Of course. <laughs> I'm doing that Manitou Incline in a couple weeks. No, really? I'm I've done it before. Uh, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Well, we, I feel like that's a whole other episode. I've yeah. done an episode oh, yeah. about the, I've done an episode about the Manitou incline and nice. I feel like we should do one where we climb it <laughs> and oh, record ourselves gosh. as we climb it. <laughs> just hear like heavy breathing the entire time. <laughs> and crying. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's been some words under our breath and like, oh, why did I do this? I want to quit. <laughs> All right. That's cool though. Oh. Yeah, so um, when you get down here, try to go to Cheyenne Canyon. It's near the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Second best zoo in the country. It's usually voted. And then Ute Valley Park is beautiful here. It's kind of like nestled in the center of the city, but it's shocking because as soon as you get there, you don't hear anything, you don't see anybody, and you feel like you're out in the woods, even though you're in the center of the city. So it's really fun to do. And we had a little section for people who are kind of uh, kind of going with what you guys were talking about, about getting off the plane and wanting to take it more easy. If you want to take it easy, but you still want to get out there like right away, there are some easier sort of hikes flatter. that you could do. Yeah, flatter. You're not climbing a hill. Go to Red Rocks. It's really cool. Although uh, that's not that flat. Some of it. That's not be. that flat. Like, I, I, I feel like... Red rocks could be challenging for some people because I always breathe hard when I yeah, get there. That's true. Every t- every time, I- I'm thinking like Chatfield P- Botanical Gardens. My mom and I went on a hike there on Thanksgiving about a year or two ago, and it was so beautiful, like so 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 beautiful. Um, it it was incredible. That was one of my favorite hikes actually that I've done, and, and that nice. one's fairly flat, but it's it's this windswept vista of like dry grasses in November was basically what that was. And you could just see endless skies. Um, it was so beautiful. So I, I strongly recommend that one for like a family hike. There's dirt bikes, um, along that path, but it's amazing. One thing I was curious, uh, Michelle, have you ever walked around Sloan's Lake in Denver? That's one of our favorites too. I love that. And actually, I'm looking forward to hanging out at, in the Edgewater. Like, there's a new brewery, like, across the street mm-hmm. um, that just opened with a huge patio on the rooftop. So I feel like that's in my future. Cool. Yeah, definitely let us know how it goes. Yeah, that sounds great. We were up there the other day, but not at the brewery. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Sloan's we Lake. were walking around Sun Lake. That's what we were, made us think about it. <laughs> What are your favorite ways to explore new trails or find others to hike with you? Do you have like an app that you use? Do you go on uh, Craigslist and say, please don't murder me? <laughs> no, I, I, I am not about that Craigslist life for that, especially, or, or like, yeah, no, I'm stuttering because I'm like, no, no, not Craigslist. <laughs> uh, Craig's, I, see, you got me all like flustered. <laughs> so the way that I like to, um, if I'm going to hike with other people, I love to just join meetup groups. I'm actually a member of several. Um, there are three or four that I highly recommend, especially if you're new to the state. So Trails and Ales is one. It's like the granddaddy meetup group of them all for people who are wanting to hike 
um, especially hike here in the state of Colorado, not just Denver people. And they are arranging, I'd say, especially during the warmer months, two to three, two to five hikes a week easily. And part of what I like about them is they have different trails that they do regularly. And then they also explore trails that maybe we've never heard of, even though we grew up here. Um, The other thing about using a meetup is a lot of times they'll offer carpools. And that's great if you're a person who has no car or who doesn't have access to a car. You do need to pay for fuel. So you do need to be contributing so that the driver is compensated for them driving you. That's pretty reasonable uh, given that if you were to rent a car or try to figure it all out, it could become quite expensive. And also you get to meet people and make new friends and not hike by yourself. So if you're a single person and you're new to the city, um, or you're just nervous to hike, or you're part of a circle of friends and you're the only one who enjoys it, this is a perfect group to be a part of. So uh, Trails and Ales, um, as you can imagine, they like beer a lot. Ironically, I only like <laughs> cider, but they um, it's a wonderful community of people. Uh, the, the, the other group would be Rising Routes, which is uh, arranged by this ridiculously handsome black guy that I, I would t- tell him this to his face. So if he hears me say this, I would be like, you are very good looking. You know yes. that, right? <laughs> he's also one of the f- most, like, he's so nice. So um, I, I tease and tell the truth, but he's a wonderfully nice person. And he arranges all of these different um, hikes. But that community is great because it's a very diverse community of hikers. There's all kinds of people who are who belong to that. So if you are looking for a very diverse group of people to hike with, that might be one that um, you should join. I strongly uh, recommend the community and um, just great people. Uh, Black Girls Hike is another one. Um, That one, there's an asterisk to, if you're a serious hiker, please note the hikes are community hikes. So what that means is you may need to pull away with the more serious hikers um, and just do the hike and then meet the rest of the group later, you know, for fun and Mm -hmm. what have you. So, so uh, I think that's important to, to, to be aware of before you go on a hike. And then there's, um, outdoor Afro, actually, they're a little more um, serious about the hikes in the sense that the people who belong to that group are, are really good at hiking, like they're going often. And that's another hiking group for people of color, or people who are excited to, uh, you know, hike in div- d- diverse communities. And they're incredible. Like those are some of the best hikes I've gone on, actually. So those four groups, I strongly recommend meet up. And also you can start your own community. Um, I think it would be challenging a little bit just because there's several that are so well established. But if you're like, you know, I am a mom and I don't and I need a hiking group and I'm sure there is one. So don't start one without checking that Um, or you're wanting to hike with kids check that because I'm sure there's a group. I have a friend who used to do um, hikes with her poodle. So she was, she was a member of a group for poodles and they would all, I'm serious, like big poodles. Right. And they would go hiking with their dogs because sometimes, you know, the non dog people don't want to be hiking with dogs. Like 
So mm-hmm. make your life easier and be in a group and hike with uh, other people with the same breed. So there is a community for everyone who wants to go hiking. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you for sharing those. Those are really good resources. We'll be sure to link to those um, over on our blog at hashtag coloradolife.com if you want to find out some of those groups and maybe meet Michelle on a hike. Yeah. So that could be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, one of our favorite apps that we use, um, we haven't found any hiking groups here yet. Well, we, we haven't looked either. We just moved, yeah, just <laughs> recently. Um, but one of our favorite apps is the All Trails app. So that's alltrails.com. And that's really cool because it gives you detailed maps for specific hikes and it ranks different levels of difficulty for each hike, whether it's like easy or moderate or hard. Um, it even provides you like a, with a direction of how to get to the trailhead and and um, also crowdsources reviews from other hikers who have done the same thing. And you can check completed or you can, you know, like track it on your phone and see how far you've walked and stuff like that. So we also highly recommend that app. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Um, and I do want to uh, mention the Colorado Trail. So for those people who are interested in through hikes, we do have the Colorado Trail. And it's I want to say it's about 500 miles um, through the state. And I've met people who have done it. Absolutely incredible. It's one of those... Uh, goals that I have uh, in mind. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it all at, all at once or do segments, uh, different segments at a time, but that is also something to consider for those of you who are, uh, I'd say, intermediate level hikers. This is not something you do like if you've just started hiking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just saying, uh, there is a preparation uh, that's involved. So, yeah. Um, so, Safety is a pretty big paramount thing when it uh, comes to the mountains, and a lot of people really underestimate it. But uh, what are some of like the tips that you would you would give to people for staying safe? Well, the first thing is to understand what the ten essential items are that you should be hiking with. I think that a lot of people don't even know what that means. What 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 is it Michelle is even talking about? So that means you need to Google that or click the link in the show notes and check out what those essential items are. Uh, I think that a lot of people underestimate how quickly Colorado weather changes. So we'll, we'll hear about people who go hiking in flip flops and things like that, which is ridiculous. And then it snows and this is summertime because altitude changes what the weather will be. So I think the other thing is really understanding where you're at and understanding the the weather. So again, today it's going to snow 15 to 20 inches in uh, the mountains. It's April 29th. Okay. And yes, in summer it's hotter, but it doesn't mean that that can't happen when you're on your hike. So don't, don't be cocky about what you're trying to do and be very aware about the environment that you're in. I think that's a huge thing that drives me crazy is People, it feels like people are playing in nature versus respecting nature and what it can do to you, which is kill you. And I'm being very serious. Like Mm -hmm. you can be killed dead because of ignorance. And really there's no excuse for that because you can Google it or you can go to an app and read what it means to hike on the specific trail that you're hiking on or just uh, because people will leave detailed information about the experience. So I, I hike all summer long every year. And every year I see people come to this state 
with flip-flops on. The flip-flops bother me because they'll tear your feet up. It's the most dangerous thing you can do, one of them. Uh, they might not have water with them, uh, sunblock, sunglasses, a hat. Some of these things are in the essentials, as you can tell. Matches. Um, they might start hiking late in the day, even though they can see a storm moving in. Colorado has one of the highest rates of people getting hit by lightning in the world. <laughs> so they're just things that you have to understand about being out in nature and being out in Colorado's nature. Um so that you're not putting yourself at risk. Wildlife is not like fun. It can kill you. So re being respectful of that as well. I've never run into any issues or problems. Usually I'll see a snake if I've seen anything, like when I'm hiking on my own. I've seen bears, but, but that's like when you're in Boulder, they come down. So sometimes you see them. But in general, you're not, you're not typically going to run into these things, but it's it's important that you understand what to do when you do. When I've been in Rocky Mountain National Park, I've seen people taking pictures with bull elks. That's the male elk, um, 10 feet away. Well, the thing is they can charge you and impale you with their, their rack. You know, the antlers on their head, that's their rack, um, not boobs. <laughs> um, <they> can, <laughs> for those of you who are like, what's a rack? Like, that's not their boobs, okay? Um, they can tilt their head and kill you with that. So I think people don't, they think it's cute because we've got social media and Instagram or whatever. Well, you have zoom lenses for a reason. And, and so use them. You don't need to be playing with wildlife and that kind of thing. So just really making sure that you're well equipped for what you're doing. Even if you're like, well, Michelle, I'm only going for an hour. Well, an hour can still kill you. And, um, that's important to understand. <laughs> Yeah. So just respect where you're at and you should be able to do what you're doing and get out and be safe. Yes, those are really good things to be aware of. Um, thank you for those tips because it's so true that you never know where you're going to be. Um, and actually in Colorado, pretty much every time you go out, you will see some sort of wildlife. That's something that we discovered when my parents were visiting in January. And it wasn't, it didn't matter if we were in a car or we went out hiking, we would see something. And uh, at one point when Ryan and I were living in Boulder, we did come across a mama black bear and her two cubs. And she was, or let's see, we were downwind, so it was okay. That she, yeah, we didn't want to go any closer, yeah, though. But we just turned around and walked the other way because she's the mom, you know what I mean? And, and who knows what she's going to do with these cubs. And and so it's just like you want to be aware you're probably going to see it, so you might as well just like expect that you're going to see some sort of wildlife or something. Like you said, snakes. We've seen, we've seen foxes. We've seen everything while we've been out. And so you just have to prepare that. Let's just say you will. So where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, and rattlesnakes are a thing. So like if you're... Um, hiking, understand that the warmer it gets, like if it's a warm day, that they might come out to bask in the sun. And then uh, as the day cools off, like maybe they'll be on a rock to stay warm. And just like, keep, you know, you kind of keep your eye out, uh, you know, just looking around to make sure you're aware of where you're at. And that's why like flip flops are a bad idea, because they can bite your foot and you're screwed. Right? Yes. So it's not like I'm anti flip flip flops. I'm just anti flip flops when you're hiking because it makes no sense. And mm -hmm. I, uh, Ryan, did you grow up with this where you hiked with tennis shoes? Like it was just a thing. Like everyone did it. Yes. 
Okay, so most of us grew up doing that because they didn't have all these specialized shoes. And now that I'm older, I'm so glad that they do so my feet don't get torn up. So if you can have, like, actual hiking shoes or hiking boots, do. Um, but if you're here for the weekend, it's fine to hike with your tennis shoes. Just be aware of, like, your pacing so you don't slip and stuff. Um, it could be muddy. You could walk through water. And if you're fine with that, getting your shoes torn up and dirty – it's fine, um, mm-hmm. but hiking hiking shoes would probably be better. Yes, definitely. I have found that hiking shoes are a must for me because I have rolled ankles many times. So, yes. you know, hiking boots obviously come up higher than regular, sometimes regular sneakers do. So um, that has been a big thing for me. And it has saved my, my feet and my ankles quite a lot. So I'm like, just too old to be buying, like, like having my feet torn up like that. Yeah. So I, have, I I paid the money at REI and Same. winced as I did it. But I, I've been using those shoes for a while now, and I'm so happy about it. So there's a story that goes with this one, but the last safety tip that's on our list is don't throw your car keys at a bear. Oh, my God. So <laughs> when I was like six or seven, I was hiking with my uncle, and this we were getting out of the the. Like, we pulled up into the parking lot, and this guy just comes, like, bawling down the, ha- the hill, like, running as fast as he can, and he comes up, and he's like, oh my god, can you give me a ride to a payphone? And we're like, uh, why, what's happening? You know, this is before cell phones. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, he's <laughs> like, well, I need a ride to the, or I need a ride to go to a payphone, because I need to call a, a tow truck. And we're like, why a tow truck? He just came from the mountains. He's like, a bear chased me up a tree, so I threw my car keys at him. Uh, that makes no sense so don't throw your car keys at a bear people (laughs) i I feel like it's it's a really good tip (laughs) i think it's just mostly you know you get in situations where you freak out and you don't really know what you're doing yeah so so just remain calm and prepare yourself yeah so all right awesome is there anything else you want to share any other tips for our listeners if they choose to go on a hike in colorado don't freak out because of all the stuff we mentioned in the show. So it's, we're mentioning this because this is just stuff you need to know. I have yet to encounter like a mountain lion or anything like that when I'm hiking. So don't freak out and be like, Oh my God, you guys freak me out. And I'm going to be hit by lightning and eaten by a bear. And then a like mountain lion's going to be going to drag my dead body down the mountain. That's not going to happen. It's very, very rare that, you know, hikers encounter these kinds of things, unless you're the guy who had to, you know, wrestle that, that mountain lion and kill it. That was a little unusual. Or the other kid who like encountered wildlife twice. I don't know what was going on with him. He has pheromones that are stronger than ours. So, um, you know, the kid who got bitten by a bear and by a mountain lion, like at different times, that guy, you didn't hear about that story. No. Oh my God. Okay, I'll tell you about this after the show, but and then, then you can share it again. But um, So most of you guys don't have those kind of pheromones, so you're going to be fine. Um, and I think the other thing is if you're camping, like say you're hiking and camping, understand how to store your food safely. Oh, that, yeah. that would be the other thing. Like if you're going to do both and this is new to you or relatively new, that's you have to understand how to safely store your food so that's something i would say as well that's an excellent yeah excellent really tip. good one yep as we sign off here um where can people find you to find out more about y- what you're doing and connect with you in colorado 
You can find me online at squarestateco.com and you'll find my uh, Instagram information there as well as my podcast. All right. At the end of every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or frugal activities in Colorado. And one thing you can do is take advantage of all the free activities and hikes that are available on Colorado Day. So this is the day on August 1st, 1876, when Colorado officially became a state. And every year on August 1st, you can find special events and discounts across the state um, at the national parks and interest fees to all of our state parks because Colorado Parks and Wildlife waives these entrance fees. You can also take advantage of free museum admission to places like the History Colorado Museum. So mark your calendars every year on August 1st for Colorado Day. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like our show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you all enjoy. And thanks again to Michelle so much for being on our show, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.